0: You're listening to North Bay Christ the King's Weekly Sermon Podcast. In this week's message, Pastor Eric Young contemplates what it looks like to daily live with God. So we're going to continue this series we've been doing all summer uh, called Flawed, uh, looking at how God uses flawed people with faith uh, to do big, extraordinary things. And so I uh, just was curious... um, if you were to make this short list of like people whose names are on this list in Hebrews chapter eleven, you would think that every single one of them had done great, incredible, like spectacular things, with their life stories being completely accounted for throughout the whole Bible. Uh, but um, I was given the character of Enoch. And if you know anything about Enoch, maybe you know what I discovered, which is uh, his entire life is captured in nine verses in the entire Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried this thing called preaching, where you're preparing a sermon to deliver God's truth to people, it's nice to have a little bit more material to work on. Like, so I was having these conversations with God saying, okay, big guy, help me out. And he did. Because what's so neat about Enoch is the fact that he's listed and his life was uh, uh, accounted for in nine simple verses. Tells us that there's, there's something pretty profoundly different that set Enoch's life apart from everyone else. Do you know what it is? We'll get there. We'll get there. You see, I turned 31 today. Um, and so all that means is I had this moment last night I'd like to share with you guys where I was sitting with my kids and um, if you've been around North Bay the time that I've been here I preach and I talk about my kids because that's the season of life I'm in Um, and they've like kind of grown from being these cute little babies where it's like oh and that was doing some weird emotions with me but last night I um, discovered a new emotion so if you're over 31 and have kids you've discovered this emotion too it's Oh, they grow up, which means I'm getting, I'm growing old, which means, um, and here we go, I'm glad it's sunny out today, that uh, I'm not gonna be around forever. I'm not going to be in their life forever, and so I had this moment last night because my kids are fun now, and they're creative, and they have imaginations, and they're influenced by um, all sorts of different things, and hopefully me a little bit, and they were so ecstatic. They were giddy to give me these gifts that they made me, which isn't normal for them because they usually want the gifts, but they were like not just proud of what they made, like they were, they thought it was hilarious, and so all night, I'm trying to get it out of them. I'm trying to get it out of Ellie. And like I realized that as I was giving her the big doe eyes, just, if you love daddy, I know you love me. You're my favorite. Tell me. My wife just looked at me and said, she does that to you and gets in trouble for it. I was like, ah. <laughs> She's way better at it, too. <laughs> and I realized these kids, like, they, they, they're full of life. They're full of life. They're full of joy. And they, they've, seen, they've learned that somewhere. And so they were excited. And, and I tried to guess. And I couldn't guess. And you'll never guess. What they were so thrilled to give me. They had made Daddy two birthday cards. One from Isaac. One from Ellie. But here's the thing. They were determined to give Daddy for his 31st birthday a Speedo i don't know where it came from my wife doesn't know where that idea got planted in their head but she said one day driving in the back of the van she asked them what they wanted to get daddy for his birthday and they both started chanting speedo 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 so mom intervened because she has good judgment and she's like let's just make him speedo cards it's a true story So as we were having a laugh as you can imagine like I I did not see that coming And if you've ever heard me laugh when I get going like it was that for a while last night I enjoy, like I, I found myself like being on this roller coaster where it went from that joy to this reality that actually really challenged me That said man, this this is a moment This is a moment, and you hear things like life is measured in moments, but I don't know that we always really grab hold of that truth. And so this is a moment that I'm never going to forget for the rest of my life, that I don't want them to ever forget for the rest of their life. And it made me think of this last week. When I was really, really busy because with all the things that I have on my plate, to throw something like preaching that I don't do often into the mix, it just makes me extra busy. And I, I just make excuses for being busy and not being present and missing moments. And it really convicted me because as I thought through that, it just really... Made this beautiful picture of like what we see so uniquely different about this fellow Enoch. He got something that not everybody gets. He understood what it meant to, to please God in this life. He understood that how he lived in this life would determine how he left. See, and this is what, uh, I had this point in, in my notes already prepared, and it didn't really hit me until last night when I was with my kids, and I was trying for the last three weeks I've been working on this message, going, how do, what does this mean for me personally other than just being busy? What, what does it mean to capture these moments, and, and what is the long-term goal and effect of all this? And It was, it was true last night. It reminded me that how you live determines how you leave how you live in this life determines how we leave what's left behind after us not just legacy of financial security or success or status or position or a successful career but what about in the moments the moments that nobody else sees the moments of of laughing uncontrollably enjoying your kids. The moments where you go for a walk with your wife and you forget that you haven't held her hand for a little bit and you reach out and it's like she grabs it for the first time again and you get that feeling you you're like this moment of being fully present. It's something that in this day and age, especially in a western culture that is not normative to us because we live so busy and as I thought about this past week regretting and lamenting how busy I had been and feeling like I actually wasted meaningful time with the, the people in this world I love the most, I, I kind of came to this resolve that I, I don't want to just waste my life running around being so busy that I just exist. I don't want to waste my life, this life, the moments I've been given, this side of eternity... I know where I'm spending eternity, but I I have life and I have moments that I get to live and experience and steward for God's glory now. I don't want to waste my life running around being so busy that I just exist. See, in flawed faith that walks with God daily is the type of faith that pleases God more than a faith that wanders back to Him when it's convenient. And that's how my relationship with God is treated sometimes. Instead of having a flawed faith, knowing that I'm imperfect and, and trying to walk with God daily, perhaps even with a limp. I forget that that is the type of faith that pleases God more than me just running back to him when it's convenient. Because I've wandered away trying to figure it out for myself or being making myself busy. See, that's where we come to this guy, Enoch. Enoch understood something that other people don't. It says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. It says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Oh, all these other characters, they did these great things for God. They parted the Red Sea. They left their land and they had nations birthed out of their line. But Enoch just goes for a walk with God. On the daily. But on top of that. Here's why he really stands out. is we see the reward of his walk. We see the end of his life. And and how he left was determined by how he lived. It says that he lived in such a way. That he was known as somebody who pleased God. Who walked with God. And so God just took him. Like it says he was Translated. He was translated, meaning from this life, he ceased to exist. He disappeared, but he didn't physically die. He got a pass, but he, he worked for it. He earned it. Now, we don't earn our salvation. We don't earn our salvation, let me be very clear, but the rewards of God's goodness, his love, his presence, his mercy in our life, that's something that we can actually do something about to receive more rough, And it all is based on how we encounter our faith. So this question I've been wrestling with, I want to ask you today, when you leave this life, what will you be known for? When you leave this life specifically, what will your name be known for? It's going to be known for all your success? Is it going to be known... For how many friends it looked like you had. It's going to be known for how present you were. Savoring every moment with your spouse and your kids. Is it known for serving and being generous with with your time? Serving others selflessly. Will be known as somebody who stopped and slowed down and was present. Not only hearing the Holy Spirit, but listening to other people. When you leave this life, what will your name be known for? See, Enoch, names are important, especially in the Bible. Uh, Enoch means dedicated one. Enoch means dedicated one. It means that he lived his life in such a way that he actually lived up to his namesake. We see uh, the first account of Enoch's life in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 5. Scholars refer to Genesis chapter 5 under this title. It is called the reign of death. That's fun. The reign of death. And the reason is because it is this genealogy showing After Adam and Eve, they left the garden and they started to be fruitful and multiply. And the generations that came and the generations that came after that. And we see this list of men who were named. These men who were born and they lived and they had kids and then they lived a little bit more and they died. It's summed up in verse 19 after it talks about the birth of Enoch to his dad, Jared. It says, after the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years and then he died. I'm not going to go read the first 20 verses of this chapter that follow the same pattern. So and -so so was this age, they had sons and daughters, they lived to this age and then they died. They lived, they died, they lived, they died, they lived, they died, they lived, they died. Over and over and over again, we see this pattern being formed in humanity. And then, like a glimpse of light just shining into this dismal darkness, we see the account of Enoch's life. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared. Because God took him. I can't, can you imagine that? I, I don't even know. We don't, we don't have a box for that in, in our logic. But we know we can trust God's word. We know it's true. And so we know that there's something significant here. There's something that we can all grab hold of. And I wonder if, it's, if you would humor me. If it's this simple. There's something powerful about a life that's lived in faith and fellowship daily with God. It's, that, it's simple, but, but let's think about that for a minute. As, as we think about our lives. At every point of our day, every moment... See, here's what we all have. We don't have the same number of years in this room that we're all going to live, but we all have the same number of hours every week until our number is called. 168 hours every single week. The time that we spend, that we are awake, working, laughing, living, loving, doing our hobbies, stressing out about uh, financial security or the government or world problems... Where, in the midst of all that, all of our serving where are we where do we see God intentionally, where do we mindfully and intention, intentionally tangibly stop and remember and realize who who 's walking beside us in this? maybe you 're like me and and that All too often is maybe an afterthought. And it's much easier to to get consumed with life's minutiae and all the details and the running around and doing this and doing that. And we just have a five year old and a six year old and we're trying to juggle dance and t ball or whatever it is. And it's like, how do people do this with multiple sports and way more kids than me? Like, it just doesn't even make sense. But it's not even that, it's not even our scheduling. Because we're in control of all that. We choose all that. I'm talking about in our soul. Mindfully. Like, do we, when, when do we slow down? Is that the end of our day? Exhausted, tired, worn out. Reflecting on a day where we go, what happened? <laughs> or maybe it's like me. And sometimes, like, you get through a whole week. And I know that I just worked a 50-hour week. And I look back and go, what did I, what did I do? What did I accomplish? Who did I meet with? What did we talk about? Savannah, you told me that? Are you sure? My wife thinks she tells me a lot of things that I don't think she does. (laughs) Or is it at the beginning of our day? When we put our feet on the ground as we get out of bed. Hit the alarm. And I know different people wake up in different ways. Like I am a no snooze. Like type of dude. The alarm goes off. I'm up ready to go. I'm out. I'm in my car within six minutes. It's like. And if I hit seven minutes or eight minutes. My whole morning routine is gone. My wife. It takes two days for her to wake up. (laughs) But. As we start our day. Do you see the difference I'm I'm going for here? And some of us, maybe you work at night. When we wake up to start whatever our day might be, do we stop? And even just thinking about the breath we exhale can bring us to a place where we go, oh, I already have something to be thankful for today. That I don't have any control over. It's like God saying. Hey. You ready to start walking? Let's take that first step. I wonder if that's how we started our days. If we might be more present. And aware of. The presence of our. Our heavenly father throughout the day. I know it's true for me, but we see Enoch is known as somebody who walked in close fellowship with God. This is important because as soon as Enoch's account is over and it says that God took him, it goes right back to this pattern of men that lived and had kids and died and lived and died and lived and died. Well, what in, is there any significance to this? Well, I think it's significant for us to look back on. But specifically for the first readers of this account that were hearing the story of Enoch. And they were hearing this like uh, incredible like, account of somebody who, um, when they were expecting him to die. Because that's what everybody else was doing. He didn't do. See, so it was the Israelites as they were out wandering in the desert. Like they were hearing this because they were wandering away from God. And so how beautiful was it for them to hear a story of somebody that walked with God that reminded them. There was this glimpse of hope of God's loving grace and kindness and redemption that brought them back to the right perspective of a oh, way that's that's the same God who says we're his people. That same God who took Enoch because he walked with him is the same God that wants to be walking with us. No matter how many times we wander away from him. Enoch's story is concluded in a reference in the book of Jude. It's a letter. There's one page there's one chapter and two verses jude makes this statement he says enoch who lived in the seventh generation of adam that's important prophesied then he goes on to talk about what he said this little tiny passage of scripture is so important because we see that there's a lot associated with his name. Because Jude, the author of this letter, like made a point to uh, explain and clarify which Enoch he was talking about. Because there's another Enoch in chapter 4 who's the son of Cain who killed Abel. If you remember that story from a couple weeks ago. And that Enoch went on to be famous and have cities named after him. And in the eyes of men, he was remarkable. He was incredible. But Jude's not referencing that one. He's referencing the the Enoch who walked with God when nobody else did. He wanted to make sure people knew and remembered the name. And they associated the name of Enoch with the right Enoch. The one whose life was a witness for God. He was a witness, not only to the people that he lived with before he disappeared, but also thousands of years later, he was a witness to the people hearing the truth of him speaking on behalf of God. The short account of this man's short life, 365 years, like he was just in his prime because back then his kid lived to be 969 years old. He was taken, but he was remembered. He was known for how he left, which was a result of how he lived. How you live determines how you leave. What we just saw in a few short passages of Scripture is this. Hebrews tells us that Enoch pleased God. Genesis told us that Enoch pleased God by walking with God. And Jude tells us that because Enoch walked with God, he was a witness for God. That's a simple equation. And if you're like me, you might hate math, but you like equations. Where it gives you like a step-by-step thing that's going to get you the answer. See, we go back to Hebrews and it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I don't know about you, but God seems like somebody who might be worth pleasing. Because he actually takes pleasure in loving us. There's something unique about this idea of walking. See, walking is different than running. Walking is a slow, steady, calculated, sustainable, intentional pace. It's something, it's something you do. And then you throw into the mix walking with somebody else. Have you, ever, have you ever, like, watched walkers? Like, walker watch? Like, watching people walk down the street side by side? I rarely see them, like, angry. Yelling at each other, miserable, not liking it. Like we, don't, we don't choose to walk with people we don't like. It's right? Oftentimes we're running from people we don't like. And then sometimes when we wandered away, we run back really fast to the people that we, we like a lot. See, there's something about this steady daily walk. It's a rhythm of life. It's a rhythm of faith. That are we in stride with our Savior? Are we walking daily with Jesus, knowing that that is his invitation to us? See, to walk with God, we have to actually believe, just like Hebrews just told us, like, that he's real and that he rewards. See, we're not just walking with some enigma some cosmic figure we're walking with a personal relational god who created us in his image to bring him glory but so that we might enjoy life in fellowship with him but we allow so many other things to to squeeze that off the plate See, walking with God is always more rewarding than running around looking for meaning without Him. See, we oftentimes forget you know, in our pursuit of other people liking us and to get other people to like us and to, to want to, to be like us, we can get pretty busy and caught up running around frantically trying to uphold a certain facade or image. And in the process, we completely forget while we're trying to get other people to like us that we have stopped walking with the God who likes us a lot. See, I think that's hard for us to fathom sometimes. I know it is for me to to actually think that I know God loves me and he wants to save me and I need to be, I should be obedient. But when was the last time you like just chewed on the truth that God likes you? Man, when, I, when I'm reminded of how much God likes me, it reminds me of how much I like walking with him. And how it's calming. Because he's my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. But I get really Frantic. And maybe if, if you're like me, and in, in this world we see this growing, uh, the, the growing uh, epidemic of anxiety and depression. The result of people being overwhelmed and lonely and isolated. It just perpetuates it. See, when I when I don't start my day, when I don't choose to walk with God... That's actually when anxiety wins in my life. Doesn't mean it ever goes away, but it definitely wins when I am not walking close with God because I'm choosing to run around frantically. I'm choosing with the freedom that God's given me of free will, but also the incredible freedoms that we're celebrating, like in our country this weekend. The way that I use that and I choose, what I choose to do with my time and fill my mind with. But see, when I'm walking with God, I'm not overwhelmed by stress and fear. Which makes me more present in meaningful moments. See, when we walk with God daily, it is actually what builds our trust with Him. When we stop and we slow down and we choose that I'm going to walk with God, not with the culture, not with my own agenda, not with whatever idol I'm tempted to worship, but I'm going to put God in his rightful place at the the pinnacle of my life. He's going to get all of my attention and affection that he deserves because he's given me his The rhythm of my life changes. And I go back to that moment I had with my kids where last night we just, they were just crawling all over me. Just enjoying dad being there because they hadn't seen much of dad this past week. And I think about the times when my kids are scared. And I might be close by. Like I'm in the house. This happens sometimes because we have an upstairs. And um, if you remember being a kid. And if you were alone somewhere. You kind of get that spook feeling. And you don't know why. But you just need to run to dad. And I'll be downstairs. And Isaac will be upstairs. And he'll forget that I'm in the house. And he will come running to me terrified. Forgetting that I've been present all along. I do the same thing with my Heavenly Father. But there's something powerful about being intentional. Invite the worship team forward as we close out today. So, what does this look like for, for us in our daily life? Because you have a different life, a different schedule, different priorities, different situations, different seasons, different preferences than me. Well, we can start by evaluating our current priorities and commitments. Is there room for God at the start of our day, during our day, and at the end of our day? We can start by evaluating where our time goes. We also take that a step further. And and as we evaluate that we start to prioritize the things that consume our attention and our time, Is checking the motive and the meaning. Is what that's getting your time, your money, and your attention for God's glory or our gain? Is it because this is something that I'm going to use the freedom God has given me to bring Him glory because He is going to be glorified through this activity or this priority or this choice? Or is it going to position me ahead of him for my gain? Does your faith reflect a relationship that believes that God is real and rewarding? It says anyone who wants to come to God must believe that God exists. It's a two-step process. Because we could believe he exists just like we believe air exists without seeing it. And that he rewards those who seek him sincerely. Do we have a right view of God that we view him as, as a God who not only present and exists, but who is good enough to reward his children for seeking him? Matthew 7, 11 says, you who are earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. And if that's the case, how much more will your heavenly father lavish upon you? That verse will preach. You need to pick me up. You need to be reminded of how much you are loved, how much you are valued, how much you are worth It's not in how many likes you get on Facebook or how successful you might appear to be. It's knowing that the God of the universe likes you, likes spending time with you and loves you so much that he's going to give you better gifts through his presence than you will receive from anyone or anything on this earth. Where do we recognize gratefully God's grace and love in our day to day life are we aware of it are we conscious of it are we mindful of it going oh thank you God for prompting me to have that small conversation thank you for giving me the courage and the boldness to be obedient because I got to see you reveal yourself through my life to somebody that needed to hear about your hope. They need to know that they weren't alone. They need to know that. God still works in mysterious ways. And I was able to provide something that they had no clue they were going to get. His Monday through Saturday. Filled with joyful gratitude and generosity for how God's providing, not provided, providing for us emotionally, relationally, financially. Do the relationships in your life know you for your relationship with Jesus? When they think of you, are you known for the Lord you follow? Does your family experience God's loving presence through you being fully present? See, walking daily with our relational and rewarding God is where real freedom is found. That's where we find real freedom that transcends any, anything in this world. So that we might live this life in such a way that we walk daily with our Lord, daily with our God. So that when we leave this life and people look back at our Our life, His glory is on display. His truth, His power, His presence, His love. That's what's on display. Will we we be known as people that walk with God in such a way that His perfect love casts out all fear? Our options are simple. We're going to walk in faith or we're we going to walk in fear. We're going to walk with our God to freedom in faith or we're we going to search frantically for freedom in fear.